turn in your Bibles to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. If you do not have a Bible, there should be some in the pews in front of you. If you do not own a Bible, we have some in our library area that you are welcome to look through and take. The Word of God is priceless, so we don't charge for it. You can take it as a gift. John chapter 11. I'm going to read out loud. You can follow along quietly. To set context for you, if you were not here last week or if you were and you are having trouble remembering or maybe you were sleeping, we went through the beginning part of this story of the death of Lazarus and that the message was sent to Jesus, that Lazarus was sick. Jesus then delays for two days before going. And he then explains to his disciples that Lazarus has died and he needs to go. they need to go together. They try to talk him out of it because if he goes, they're going to kill him. And he's not worried about that because his time had not come yet, although his time is getting closer. He's heading toward the cross. And Thomas, the section ended with Thomas saying this in verse 16, So Thomas called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. And we ended asking the question, Is Jesus worthy to follow unto death? The answer is yes. The question is, do you see him as worthy for that? Starting in verse 17, follow along as I read out loud. Now when Jesus came he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. So the passage starts off in verse 17. Now when Jesus came, he's made the trip, and we said before last week, if you weren't here, that this trip would take Jesus about one day to get there. He was further east. He was over in Bethany where uh, John the Baptist or John the Baptizer was baptizing before. He was back over there. He gets the news. Lazarus is sick. And then like all loving friends do, they wait two days to go visit. And we talked about how it's actually in the waiting that Jesus is loving Mary, Martha, his disciples, and everybody. Because he needs to wait to show them who He truly is. And that was an encouragement for us that even though we want God to do things a certain way in a certain time frame, in the waiting, He is actually loving you. He is loving you. He is teaching you. He is drawing you close to Himself. 
So when Jesus came, he doesn't go into the village, but he stops on the outskirts of the village. Most likely because he didn't want to create a fuss just yet, he wanted to have time with Martha, and then he wants to have time with Mary, and then he will enter in. But he came, he found that Lazarus had already been dead in the tomb four days. Well, he waited two days. The messenger that they sent to him would have taken one day of travel, and he took one day of travel. So the truth of the matter is, as soon as they sent the messenger, Lazarus died. Even if Jesus would have gone immediately, he wouldn't have gotten there when he was still alive. Jesus would know that. Four days. Why does John go into such detail? Why does Jesus wait for four days? A couple of reasons. Number one, it's usually after three days when you don't have proper embalming and things that the decay really starts. But this is four days. In addition to that, there was some belief at the time that the the spirit of a person would hover above and around the body waiting for a chance to go back in. Here's the point. Jesus waited long enough to make sure that everyone goes, yeah, he died. Yeah, he is dead. And we're going to see later that he even stinketh, as the King James puts it. (laughs) Stinketh. Bethany was near Jerusalem. So John's going to tell us a little bit more about where they're at. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. That's not as far. It's closer to Jerusalem. That's actually why the disciples said to Jesus, no, no, you can't go back there. That's going to get you too close. And people are looking to kill you. He's not worried about that. He knows he's going to his death anyway, and he knows he's not going to die a second sooner than he's supposed to. He's not worried about that. But he sets it up for us that he's close to Jerusalem, about two miles off to the east, and many of the Jews had come, verse 19, to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So a lot of the Jews were actually coming from Jerusalem to console them. That means, that seems to show us that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were pretty well known. They were a well-known people. We see that Jesus actually meets them in Luke 10 when he's going through. And some of you will remember this story. When he enters into this village, they invite him in. And Mary sits at his feet. And Martha runs around and is doing all kinds of stuff. That's the, how the meeting took place. But he's had this ongoing relationship. And last week we saw again that John continually reminded us, Jesus loves them. He loves Mary. He loves Martha. He loves Lazarus. So, As according to the customs, usually the Jewish people would grieve for seven days. They're right about in the middle of that. People are there, and they're grieving. What's a wonderful thing that when we're going through grief, we don't want to be alone. Ultimately, we need other people. What's really sad and discouraging is that there are some of you in this church who feel alone. There can be some of you in this church who feel alone. That should never be the case. Even people who aren't Christians console one another. And those of us who are Christians, this is an exhortation to us today here. Brothers and sisters, let's be intentional to go to our brothers and sisters who are hurting. Let's be in their lives and let's make sure nobody is suffering alone. We're supposed to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Part of that means we have to pursue one another. Part of that means we have to be open with one another. So people are consoling them concerning their brother. So in verse 20, so when Martha heard, look at this, Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. Don't make light of that. If you remember the story before, 
about Mary Martha. She was so busy. And where was Mary? With Jesus, right? Well, this is after the fact. I want to submit to you today that I think Martha may have learned something. I think she learned that she needs Jesus. They, look at this. They have all kinds of people around. She sent a messenger to Jesus. This messenger probably comes or one of his disciples say, hey, Jesus is here. What does she do? She leaves the house. This is her house, actually. She seems to be the older sister. This is her house. She leaves to go to Jesus. Why? Because he can, he's the only one who can offer the comfort that she needs. He's the only one that can offer the answers that she needs. He's the only one. Everybody else in the house, they cannot do it. Only Jesus can. Brothers and sisters, my encouragement to you today is be like Martha. When you have stuff going on, when you have trials, when you have issues, run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Go meet with Him. He will comfort you. He will walk you through it. He will tell you exactly what you need to hear. Well, how do I do that? word deep prayer silence and solitude and even to some degree being with his people with his body that's how you run to jesus be like martha run to jesus now let's see how this unfolds she heard that jesus was coming she went and met him but look at this but mary remains seated in the house a lot of speculation of why she does that and we'll get into mary next week a little bit because we're going to see that she talks with jesus as well For now, I think we just want to say that this is a one-on-one situation with Jesus and Martha. And Mary either hadn't heard or she was just pretty focused in on what was going. And it's also possible, because they would have been hosting people, that if both sisters would have gone, it would have caused a lot of disruption. Just one sister goes. We don't know for the full reason why yet. We'll look at it next week. Verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, so she gets to him, She goes to Jesus, and here's her first words to him. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Is she blaming Jesus? I don't think she is. I don't think she's blaming Jesus, because again, he would have died, Lazarus would have been dead before the message even got there. I think what she's saying is a a bit of an expression of faith. Lord, I know if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. Is there some disappointment? Perhaps. But she's not blaming Jesus. I don't believe believe she's blaming him. But she disappointed. If only you had been here. Because you can heal anybody. And I know you could have healed him. I think that's a little bit of disappointment, but certainly still faith in Christ. Then there's verse 22, which is interesting. Look at this. Verse 22. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Again, a lot of debate over what exactly she is saying. Is she, is she actually saying here, I want you to raise him from the dead? Is she saying, you didn't make it in time. He's dead. But I know that if you ask anything, God will give it to you. I'm going to say no. She's not asking that. I think here's what she's doing. I'm going to show you that from the text, why I don't believe that. But here's what she's doing. With that statement, there's, I think she's doing two things. I think, number one, she's saying, you're still good. Even if you weren't here and he died, you are still good. God, you are still from God. Just like Jesus has been saying throughout the book of John. I'm from God. The things I say are from God. The things I do are from God. She's still affirming, Jesus, you are still from God. She's still trusting, having faith in Him. 
The second thing I believe that she's doing is the same thing that his mother did in chapter 2. Do you remember at the, the wedding feast? She comes to him. She comes and says, you've got to do something about this. We're having a good party in here. The wine's gone. Something's got to happen. You need to handle this. Right? Mom's getting a little fired up. <laughs> Jesus then puts her in her place. But she doesn't just walk away. She looks to the servants. Do whatever he tells you. When she said that, she still expected Jesus to do something. She didn't know what it was going to be, but I expect you to do something because of who you are. I want to submit to you that Martha's doing the same thing. Martha's saying, God still listens to you. You are still from God. And I don't know what you're going to do, but whatever you do is going to be right and it's going to be good. I think that's what she's saying. So Jesus answers. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. That's got to be encouraging words, right? He's just dead. He's going to rise again. But notice that she's not super impressed by that. Great, Jesus, you came all this way to tell me something I already know. Why does she know that? She has the same beliefs as the Jewish people at that time that there is this resurrection on the last day. There is a resurrection that's coming. That's what the next verse says. Martha said to him, verse 24, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. That's why I don't think she's asking for the resurrection. She didn't see it. She's just saying, well, yeah, Jesus, of course. All good Jews and followers of yours would believe that. He's going to be raised up on the last day. One, we don't want to make light of that. We don't want to make light of that at all because it is the resurrection of the last day that shows ultimately God's power and shows where we'll be forever. You know what's interesting? We go to funerals and we have people die and it's hard. Amen? Is it hard? It's hard. What's interesting is we have these funerals and we talk about those who have passed and if they're in the Lord, we say they went to be where? Where do they go? They went to go to the Lord, right? What's interesting is that's what something theologians call the intermediate state. They go there in spirit. They're with Him in spirit. To be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord, and they're there in spirit. So why doesn't it just stop there? Sometimes we actually kind of view that as ultimately the end. That's not the end, folks. They're with the Lord right now. Those who go with it, certainly they're with the Lord in spirit, but there is one day coming a bodily resurrection. That's coming. Something for you to chew on throughout the week is why? Part of it I'll give you right now. Part of it is because he's already created everything. And guess what he said after he created everything? Everything that was material. You know what he said about it? It's very good. And this whole thing will be God will restore things right back to there. We are not going to be spirits just floating from cloud to cloud. We are going to have resurrected bodies and live life and recognize and live for eternity, but it's going to be better because we're not going to have sin. We're not going to have the presence of sin. We're not going to have the power of sin. The penalty of sin's already gone. We're not going to have any of that. We're just going to have a wonderful eternity with King Jesus, with God, with the Spirit, all together forever. No pain, no tears, no crying, no death, none of it. All gone. And we can actually enjoy Do you enjoy this life? Have you ever met somebody or have you ever thought to yourself, I really like this earth. I like life. There's some part of us that's like, it's beautiful. He's not wasting all that. He's recreating it to be something 
beautiful, better than what we have now. It's not just a spiritual thing. So don't make light of that. The problem is she puts it so far off in the distance, she misses the comfort of Jesus right now. That's what Martha misses. Okay, sometimes we hear things and we're like, yeah, Lord, I know. Resurrection last day, it's going to happen. What Jesus is about to say to her is he wants to make this thing personal. And I would submit to you today that Jesus wants this to be personal with you. He wants you to be in connection with him. So let's read on. Look look what happens here. So Jesus says, your brother rise again. She says, I know he'll rise again on the resurrection last day. That's a true statement, but she's missing it a little bit. He's got more to say about it. He wants to teach her more. Realize that Martha is on a journey. Realize you are on a journey. Realize I am on a journey. We are on a journey. You're not expected to know everything. It's a process. But look at her gentle Savior bringing her along. Don't you praise God that He is gentle with us and He brings us along? Gosh, it's wonderful. Here's what He does. Look. Jesus said to her, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He just, he just brought it from the resurrection. Amen. Yes, Matthew. Amen. <laughs> He's praising now. He was nervous about the baptism. He's praising now. He says the, the resurrection, certainly, yes, but... I'm your resurrection. I'm your life. The resurrection is so closely knitted to Jesus that you cannot separate them. There's no resurrection without Him. That's it. He's the resurrection. He's the life. So He's bringing it for Martha. He's bringing it for us today. This is personal. I am your resurrection. You have to believe in Me. Now He'll go on to explain what it means. Whoever believes in Me, though he die, yet shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> what are you saying? Let's break it down for a second. Whoever believes in me. So he starts off, if you believe in Jesus. Now, not this, I believe he exists type of thing. We've talked about that many times. And that's been throughout the Gospel of John. There's people who keep coming. Oh, we believe. They believe because of signs. They believe because of miracles. They believe because they want a vending machine. Which one are you? We don't fill up that word. One, one theologian says it like that. We don't fill up that word belief the same way Jesus does. It's not a simple, I believe you exist. I believe, I follow, you are my everything. Here's what he says, like we were singing earlier. Whoever believes in me, though you die, physical death, though you die, yet you shall live. We do not have to fear death. We do not have to fear the sting of death. There is no sting of death for the believer. We literally go from here, if you die before Jesus comes back, you go to this with the Lord spiritually, and then He'll give you a new body. What are we afraid of? Most of the time, we're afraid of the vehicle of death. We're afraid of how it's coming. Brothers and sisters, you need not fear. You close your eyes on this earth and you wake up with Him. And one day he then says, now watch what else I can do. I'm going to give you this body, this resurrected godly body, and I'm going to make everything the way it should be. And that's what we have to look forward to for all of eternity. All of eternity. So when we have a bad day and your battery doesn't work in the van as you're trying to drive as my wife was this morning and it breaks down on you, here's what you do, friends. You say, I got a resurrected body coming. I've got stuff where everything's going to work all the time. I don't have to worry about anything else because I believe in Him and though I die, 
I shall live because He died and He rose. And you're in Him. That's why the resurrection is so important. But it doesn't stop there. He goes on. And everyone, everyone, do you know what that means in the Greek? That means everyone who believes. Just so you know. Everyone who lives, well, that's easy. He can't just mean just living, though. No, he means more than that. Everyone who lives and believes in Christ. You live your life following Christ. You believe in me, he says, shall never die. Wait, I thought you just said that we're going to die. What? You will never spiritually die. There is no death for you. Again, I've said this before, but Christian, be encouraged. This is as bad as it gets. This life is as bad as it gets. If you hold on to Christ, you believe in Him, you live for Him, this is as bad as it gets and you go to eternal glory. But on the flip side, if you have yet to make that decision, if you are not following Christ and you're still trusting in your own works, I promise you this, this is as good as it ever gets. And even though there's some neat things about this world, I sure hope this isn't as good as it gets. That would be terrible. If you will, look at the the thing that he keeps repeating there. Believe. Believe. So then he asks her, Martha, do you believe this? You see how he brought it from this kind of big idea that's way out there to, no, no, me, focus on me. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. You will live. If you believe in me, you will never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord. And she doesn't leave it there. She makes a proclamation that is almost exactly the same as what Peter says, again, that was revealed to him by God. Ultimately, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Brothers and sisters, do you really believe? Do you believe? The things I want you to take away for today, hopefully the Holy Spirit will show you other things. The main ones, number one, like Martha, go to Jesus. She doesn't sit back and wait. He's coming to her. She hears He's around. Boom! She's gone. She's running to Him. Where are you at, Jesus? I need you. Help me. That's where our hearts need to be. Realize that your faith is a process and your Savior is gently bringing you along. Don't get discouraged. He's bringing you along. And last, don't just have beliefs about the last day and the resurrection. Don't have just beliefs about Jesus. Truly believe in Him. Have a personal belief in Him that has basically everything in your life hinges around Him. That's the type of belief we need to have. Let's pray together. Father, I do pray right now for my brothers and sisters who are here. I pray that they will continue, we will continually run to You. We're not just going to sit back and see how the chips fall. We're not just going to sit back. We're going to go to Your Word. We're going to go to You in prayer. We're going to ask by the power of Your Spirit to understand what You want us to understand. And Lord, we're not saying we need to understand everything because we know you're going to say the exact thing that we need to hear because you know us better than we know ourselves. So I pray for my brothers and sisters that they will run to you. 
I pray that, Lord, if they're discouraged at all right now, I pray that they would trust and see that you are gently bringing them along, and this is a process. You're bringing us along as a church, and we praise you and thank you for that. That doesn't mean we sit back, but it does mean that you're the author and perfecter of our faith. And if we will allow your spirit to take control of us by removing unrepentant sin, by seeking you in your word, by praying, by meditating, silent solitude, fasting, Lord. If we will do that, you will guide us and you will control us. And it will be pleasing to you and that's what we want. And Lord, I do pray that we would have genuine belief that you are our life. That you are the resurrection. And apart from you, we will not be raised up. But we're thankful that you do You did raise Lazarus, but we know he had to die again. We're thankful that after this death for us, there's the day of resurrection where we will have our heavenly bodies just like Christ and reign with you forever because of your goodness and kindness towards us, not because of anything that we've done, but because all of that you have done. And I pray now for those who are in here who do not know you, Lord, I pray that today they would cry out to the resurrection and life for salvation. Thank you again for our time in your word. In Jesus' name, amen.